what God has placed before us. And we won't be before us long, but I want to say that today the, the message is personal. It's, it's personal for every individual. It's, it's not about a corporate, and it is a corporate word, but it's an individual word. And I thank God for the setting, the setting of this atmosphere, because it sets us up. It did set us up. And we didn't realize it, but it did. The book of Philippians, chapter number three, something that's very familiar to you. <clears throat> it's very familiar. However, however, there's a lot of things there, a lot of things here. We speak on it a lot, and um, we probably quote it a lot. But the main thing is, did we, have we acted upon it? Have we literally acted upon this, this particular text? And today, God has a question for all of us. As it was presented to me, I'm going to present it to you as the Lord presented it. Philippians chapter number 3. And the title, it's a dual title this morning, starts off with a question. It's the question. And the question is for all of us individually corporately is can you give it up can you give it all up can we give it all up to be where we were a few moments ago (laughs) and that's very rare we can find that place where we were a few moments ago in the spirit of the lord and this is examination time we're living truly we're living in the last days and things have to change, God says. Things have to change. It's not optional. It's not if I want to. But decisions have to be made. The question is, can we give it all up? Not keeping any part of it. Not keeping any part of it. The very first verse we're going to deal with it's verse number seven. You know, um, Paul is such a brilliant, brilliant writer. And somehow he, he was able to reach a certain status in his spiritual life, which meant more to him than his physical life. And here in... in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 7, Paul writes, because Paul didn't just write 13 epistles. He didn't write just 13 letters. And we have just 13 in the New Testament, but he really wrote 15. And there was a couple that was not put in. And you can research it, you can find it, and you can go study on it. And there's a couple more letters that he wrote that's not included in the King James But here he says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Those things that that was profitable, 
he says, he count them as loss for Christ. All the things that he, he, he acquired or ascertained, all those things, Paul says, I count them as loss so that I can gain Christ. And then he he gave some credentials that he counted as lost, even though he had achieved great things in his life. He discovered something. He discovered there's more to life than the Holy Spirit. He discovered uh, in verse number five in Philippians chapter number three. This we're gonna go down and see what he had gained, and we're gonna uh, dissect. We're gonna we're gonna look at what all the things that he let go, all the things he let go, all the things that he relinquished, so he could find Christ. Think about it. It's personal now. It's personal. First thing he says in verse number five is that he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. He's a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and as touching the law, he says he was a a Pharisee. We're going to deal with this. We're going to deal with this. And then... Verse number 6, he says, concerning zeal, the righteousness which is in the law, he said he was blameless. Now, the first thing that, 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 that Paul talks about is that he was circumcised on the eighth day. Why is that so significant? Why did he list that in his credentials? Why did he say that? Because it was a covenant agreement. Now, let's go back. Go to the book of Genesis. Keep your place in Philippians because we're coming back. Genesis, chapter number 17. Genesis, chapter number 17. And we're going to begin with <clears throat> verse number 9. Genesis 17. And we're going to begin at verse I'm sorry. I'm still messed up, y'all. Genesis chapter 17. I'm over here in Genesis chapter 19, so y'all just have to excuse me. Amen. Genesis chapter 17, looking at verse number 9. This is why that, that, that circumcision was so important, and that's why he listed as one of his credentials, one that he let go of. All right, Genesis chapter 17, looking at verse number 9. Can we get that scripture up? Amen. Verse number 9 says, And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. First he talks about their generations. And then verse number 10 says, This is my covenant. We're in the book of Genesis chapter number 17. 
This is my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Every man child shall be circumcised. Now, verse number 11 says, And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of a covenant between me and you. It is a token that circumcision that God made that covenant with Abraham. He's saying that it is a covenant, it's an agreement, he says, between me and you. But he doesn't stop there. He says in verse number 12, And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child in your generations, he that is born in a house or brought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. Then he goes with verse number 13 and 14. And 13 says, He that is born in thy house and he that is uh, bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting generation. Interesting. The covenant, he says, shall be in your flesh. For an everlasting generation. Talking about the cutting of the foreskin. But we know now that the circumcision is the circumcision of the heart. It's not about the cutting way of the foreskin. Now verse number 14 says, And the uncircumcised man, child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from its people. He hath broken my covenant so paul felt as if that particular situation in his life gave him some awesome credibility and 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 as you may call it his resume because he went through that he went through that 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 covenant agreement that god had made with abraham after eight days he was willing to cut away the flesh and that was important in the days of the, of, of the Jews. That was very important. Then he talks about being of the stock of Israel from the tribe of Judah. What does that mean? We're back in Philippians. We're back in Philippians chapter number three, still dealing, still dealing with verse number five. He says he was from the stock of Israel, from the tribe of Judah. In other words, he says that his genealogy was pure. When you go back down his history of, of, of those that were connected, he was saying, he said, my, the genealogy was, was, was pure. My genealogy was pure. He listed that in his resume. And then he talks about that he was a Hebrew, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. In other words, he was saying, even my bloodline, my DNA is pure. Everybody can speak that, but he could. My DNA, my bloodline is pure. There is no contamination there, he's saying. Hmm. And then he goes on and talks about him being a Pharisee. He says, uh, a Pharisee among Pharisees. He's a Pharisee. Now, what is a Pharisee? That's that religious sect. 
Sadducees and, and, and the Pharisees. And it, the Pharisees, what they did was they policed the boundaries of the law, the Mosaic law. And they were faithful to their beliefs. They were faithful. Paul was very faithful. He was restrained by God. He was faithful to God. And then he goes on in that that verse number 6. He talks about concerning zeal. He talks about how he persecuted hmm, the church. Hmm. He persecuted the church because he believed in what he believed in. Remember the question, can you give it all up? Can you give it all up? Can you turn it all? Whatever your credentials are, whatever your status is in society, whatever your society, whatever your status is, in, your, in life right now, can you give it all up to win Christ? It's a serious question. A very serious question. Very serious. Paul believed in what he believed in so much that he did not have a problem persecuting what he didn't understand, which was called at that time the church. He didn't didn't have a problem. He thought he was doing right. But somewhere he discovered something. He discovered something. Verse number 8. After he talks about in verse number 7 that he counted everything lost for Christ. In verse number 8, watch what he says. He says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Hmm. That's powerful. Paul says, I denounced, I relinquished everything. He let go of everything so he could win Christ. Question, go back to the question God says. Are you willing to give up everything to win Christ? Everything that you have, everything that we, we count as being valuable, significant in our life. Can you, God said, can you give it up? That you may have more of me. He talks about himself. Can you give it all up to win Christ? Are you willing? Paul said, I'm willing. He says, I'm willing to relinquish all of that. Went to the best educated school it was. Sit under the best. And he said, I'm willing to give it all up. Are we willing to give it all up? Think about it. This is a very, very serious question. Because there will come a time when we're going to have to choose what side we're on. 
And you know what? It won't be long. They're killing people that name the name of Jesus Christ. And they're asking, well, are you, you one of them? Are you one of those that serve this man called Jesus? And then what they're going to say is, you go over here. And those that take the mark of the beast, they're going to have to go over there. Because they're going to be denouncing Christ. If you lose everything that you have that man thinks is significant, can you still serve it? It's easy to say yes now, but what happens when it happens to you? It's a serious question. Very serious. Can you give it all up? Can you give up this, this wonderful lifestyle that we have? Can, are you willing? Are you able to give up when your child's belly is hungry? And you've got to make a decision whether or not you're going to live for Jesus or y'all going to sit and pray and trust God to give you a meal. What happens? Are we still willing to serve God? When we lose the things that's important to us, Paul said, I gave it all up. And the reason why he gave it up, he's, he discovered something about Jesus. He, that there were some other things he wanted to know. Isn't it fascinating? And some of us say, well, you know, I don't know if I can do that or not. I'm just human. Paul was human. So we can't use that excuse anymore. That I'm just human. I have to do this and I. Well, there are people before us that already went through it. And they were just as human as we were or we are. But the question today is, can you give it all up? What's important to you? What is at the forefront of your mind? What is your idol? Can you give it all up? That thing that keeps us in bondage, that we hold on to, can we give it all up? Can we give it all up? That's the question. Let's see what Paul was willing to exchange For letting go of everything. (laughs) Have we let go of everything? Think about it. Think about it. It's a personal situation. It's an individual question. Paul says this. He says this now. He says in verse number 8, he says now, he says, uh, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of of Christ Jesus. He said, if I can excel in the knowledge of Christ, he looks at it as everything being worthless in comparison with that knowledge, and he was willing to sacrifice it all. Are you willing to sacrifice it all to win Christ? Because that's where we're going. This is what, where we're heading to. 
Are you willing? Are we willing? Are we willing? He says, listen, I'm willing to sacrifice it all. Have we as the body of Christ, as believers, have we gotten to that point yet where we're willing to sacrifice it all? Question. Are you willing, God says. Brenda, are you willing to give it all up that you may win me? You see, at the end of the day, it's all going to be about Jesus anyway. But right now, we're at a place of decision-making. The question, are you willing to give it all up? Hmm. Paul says there's something about that knowledge. He's, he wanted to excel in the knowledge of Christ. He understood something was missing, something he did not know. And he wanted to know more about this man called Jesus. And then he goes home and he says, for whom, talking about Christ, I have suffered the loss, he says, of all things. Have we suffered the loss of all things to win Christ? To get more knowledge? I come to understand that in the midst of all of our suffering, God still has a message in our suffering. He's still trying to teach us some things that we need to let go. Paul is, is saying here, he said, I've, I've suffered the loss of all things. Well, we may lose just one thing. What happens? Think about what's most precious to you that you've lost or may lose. Can you still be willing to serve Christ? Paul said, I suffered the loss of all. None of us has lost everything. Paul said, I suffered the loss of all things. Hmm. And but the interesting, he he says that he count those things as dung. Dung is manure. And there is another word for manure. Y'all do know that, don't you? <laughs> and he says the reason why I count it as dumb because I want to win Christ. Wouldn't it be just wonderful if we could have stayed in the place where we were this morning and worshiping God? Instead of every now and then we, we reach that place. But what happens when we let go of everything just to serve Christ? To win him. To gain more of him. Paul said, I, I, I want to gain more of him. Not more stuff. But he said, I want to gain more of him. Talking about Jesus. I often say to people, when they talk about... <laughs> the United States. I often tell them that 
We are a third world country. We're just like a third world country. And if you've ever been to a third world country, there's a lot of lack, L-A-C-K. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of things you don't have. You, you, the, the, the inflation rate has been that way for a long time for third world countries where the United States is just approaching. But what happens when it really hits America? And it is. Well, we'll be like a third world country. I don't care what man do. He won't change nothing. God got his hands on this stuff. And the Bible does say this. I hear your Holy Spirit. That the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. So don't think we're going to escape because we named the name of Jesus. Because the word says the rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. Oh, we see that. Oh, that means the blessings. No, it means more than that. But the question remains, can you give it all up to win Christ? He said he suffered. Counting is done. He said all that. He said I I did it because I want to win Christ. Do we we love God enough to, to sacrifice, to give it all up just to win more of him, to know more of him? See, this 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 is a deep, this is a deep thing. See, sometimes we, we, we go over the surface of it, but there is some depth to this. We got a couple of verses and then we're done. And verse number nine, Paul says this, and he says, and be found in him. Be found. Who is to him? To be found in Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Hmm. Paul said, I want to be found in him. Not having my own righteousness. The Bible says in Isaiah that my righteousness is as filthy rags. But can we give it all up to win him, Christ? This last verse is, 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 is this is what Paul decided in, in acknowledging that he had lost everything. He said all things. He suffered. He suffered loss, all things. He had to denounce all things. He had to relinquish all things. Those things that was important to him he was willing to let it go so he can win Christ are we at that state yet that's the question can we give it all up God said can you give it all up to win more of me I hear your Holy Spirit yes we can But are we willing? Are we willing to give it all up? 
Now look at verse number 10. Paul says this. He says that, that I may know him. He was willing to let everything go so that he may know Christ. What is it that he wants to know? I, I, I think I heard Minister Adams pray it, some of it this morning. He talked about it. He wanted to know the unsearchable riches of God's grace. You see, he was willing to relinquish so he could know and, and get some type of understanding or comprehension of, of the unsearchable riches of the grace. See, we don't even understand the depths of God's grace. Because you know what? Let's all be honest. And I'm coming back up here. Hmm. That if some of us was God, we'd zap out a whole lot of folk, wouldn't we? I heard one, yes. Some of us would zap a whole lot of folk out, right? But praise be to God that we are not God. Paul said, I want to know about this grace, the, the, this grace that, that, that when I'm in the wrong, his grace is still there for me. I, I'm in my devotional thing this morning, it, it, it caught me well, this morning when I was, when I was reading my devotion. It's a book that Sister Elizabeth had given me, and, and it talked about uh, when we wander off the path. And it talks about how we don't even know our own steps. The direction that we need to go in, the Bible says, it's not even in us. It's in the book of Jeremiah. But he goes on and he says, because God knows who we are and where we are, and what he does is he will put us right back on track. How many of us God had to put back on track? See, that's that unsearchable riches of God's grace. The grace of God. Paul said, I want to know, I, I, I want to know more about his grace. That, that makes him do what he does. When, when we are, our righteousness is like filthy rags, but yet God loves us so much and he loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. Now, y'all know the Bible said we were all sinners. Even while we were yet sinners, See, he died for us. Paul said, I want to understand that unsearchable grace. You know how that sometimes we think people don't deserve no grace? But it's something about our Savior Jesus Christ and that grace blows my mind. So the question is, are you willing, willing to give it all up to do what Paul did? He said, God, I want to know more about this unsearchable, this grace that you got. This unmerited favor that you've given mankind. I want to know more about that. Because when you begin to look at the resume of Paul, Paul did a whole lot of stuff before his conversion. He went against everything he thought or taught what he thought was right. But God still used him.
after his conversion. It's like Paul said, listen, God, I don't understand why you even let me live when, when I did the things that I did and I persecuted the people of God. I don't understand. He said, I, I want to know about this. You know, knowing this, it means to be in intimacy. You know how it is when you spend time with somebody. Y'all know when you had your first love. Come on. You ain't so old you don't remember. At least I hope not. When you met, the, when you met that little sweetheart for the first time, and you want to make sure you spend every moment that you could with them. And sometimes you're talking on the phone and went to sleep. And you would wake up again and you still talk. Because you want to spend that time with them. So you can know them. See, Jesus said, this is how he wants us to be. That we would be willing to spend that time with him so we can know him. When you couldn't wait to get there to see that little sweetheart. That that was the only thing on your mind. Paul says, this is how we get to know him. You got to spend time with him. To get in that place where we were this morning and worship, you got to spend some time with him. He goes on and he talks about Salvation. He wants to understand about this thing called salvation. Where one man could die for many and bring them to the place where they should originally be. He was willing to to die for our sins. He was willing to take all that on just for you and I. Paul said, I want to know why he did what he did. What he had in his heart. What kind of love? I mean, I mean, even to the point, Paul said, I want to even know about this love this man has for us. I want to know this. And I'm willing to give it all up so I can know it. Poor that's strong. Paul said, I want to even know about the, the mystery of this man called Jesus. Have we gotten to that depth yet? Were you so in love with him that you want to know everything about him? See, he's, he's supposed to be our sweetheart too. The one we want to spend time with. He's a mysterious man. He's very mysterious. Paul said, I want to know about that. But I'm willing to give it all up so that I can. And then he says this, he says this, he says, now he says that I may know him, talking about verse 10, that I may know him, and then he says, and the power of his resurrection. I want to know about the power of his resurrection. Resurrection there in the Greek means arising up, but it goes beyond that. When you look up the word resurrection, it also means revival. And I'm not talking about this kind of revival that people have right here where they go a certain time of the, of the year. You, you go to a revival and they exchange sermons and all that. No! 
A true revival is when God revives or brings us back to life again. You can have revival in your own house as long as you're brought back to brought back to life again. You stand Paul says it means to stand up. To stand up where? To stand up in him. Revival. To come alive again. How many of us are alive for Christ? How many of us truly are alive for Christ? To to come back to him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You remember when you first got saved? I pray so. Go back and think about when you first got, when you first accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You couldn't wait to get in his presence. You talk to him all the time. But how much conversation do we have with him now? How much conversation? But all the things that we have to denounce, the things that we have to relinquish, standing in the way. Also, I'm willing to let it all go. Because there's something more about Christ than we have gotten to the depths of. That's a whole lot more we need to be searching about. It's not about the wisdom of man. It's about the spiritual things of God. Jesus, help us. We need to be brought back to life where, as we sung, I live, I live, I live to worship you. How many of us live to worship him? Or is our day so full with our own stuff that we forget we're supposed to spend some time with him and worship and, and studying his word? Have we forgotten that? Are we willing that little extra thing that we do for our own selves? Are we willing to give it up to win more of him? Hmm. There's something to that power of the, of the resurrection. We're going to deal with that. It's more. To be revived. To be revived again. But are you willing to give up what's hindering us in order to be revived again? To have that same ex excitement. Don't you remember when you first got saved you had that excitement? You want to tell everybody about Jesus? But how many people do we tell about him? How many people do we tell about him? I'm talking about Jesus. Or has that become secondary? Does, 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 does the, the light of God shines on us so much that whenever we go into a presence of anyone, whether it be on your job or whether it be on the grocery store, wherever, gas station, wherever it might be, somebody can look at you and say, hmm, something strange about them folk. That there, there's a light, that's, that, that's, there's an awe about them. Something is different. And the only way that can be is we have to win Christ. 
Not going in and telling people, well, everybody knows they didn't sin. And the truth be known, and that we examine our own lives, we all have sinned according to the Bible, uh, and we all have sinned and come short of the grace of God. But look at that unsearchable grace. God said, I know, I see you, but I'm going to give you my grace anyhow. Sometimes I just don't understand it. Can I be real? Because sometimes I get like them two disciples when, when they didn't want Jesus to come, come, come to that, to, in that era where they, where they were. And they was asking Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven? Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you are. Of all, you don't know what spirit you are. Because, you know, sometimes we want to call down fire from heaven on some folk. Can we get an amen? But once again, thank God we are not God. Paul says, I want to know about this resurrection. We won't deal with that today, but will we? And then he says, and the fellowship of his suffering." partner he want a partner in the suffering just like christ be in partnership with christ in his suffering we don't want to suffer now you think about how christ suffered we don't want to suffer even with the things that we go through now but paul said he says now i want to be able to be partnership of his suffering now christ went through a whole lot of stuff a whole lot more than what we read Right here. Hmm. Partnership in suffering. Are you willing to give it all up to gain him? And then the last thing he says that in verse number 10, he says, being made... That word made, that means that has some molding and shaping and fashioning going on. Being made conformable unto his death. To be conformed like him. To be willing. Because that's what Christ was willing. He was willing. Even down to the cross. He was willing to do what necessary had to be done. That we, we may have eternal life. But the question, the question once again, God says, are you willing to give it all up? Are you willing to give it all up? Are you willing? I learned a long time ago, I didn't know nothing. And I was a preacher. Thought I knowed everything. Read the Bible continuously. But when I got to got to the place where I got in the book, some of that stuff I realized what they taught me was nowhere right. But I had to make a stand. Had to make a stand. No, this ain't this ain't what the book's saying. Are you willing to be a cast? Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Are you willing to be a castaway, an outcast to win Christ? 
to truly live a life for Jesus Christ, you got to go against the grain. But are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing to suffer loss of all of it so you may gain more of him? You know, I guess Paul probably lived a lonely life because he was at the top of his class in knowledge. Are you willing to still serve him when your friends turn their back on you? Paul was powerful, greatly anointed. He had to escape for his life many times because of what he preached. Are we willing to give it all up to gain more of Christ? That's the question we need to leave here with today. Am I willing to sacrifice it all? Or am I willing to do that? Because it is so much to Jesus that we do not know. It's so much more to God that we don't know. But are we willing to go through the fire so we can know? Are you willing to be shipwrecked for the gospel's sake? Read over there in that uh, in the I think maybe the second or third chapter in that book of Philippians how Paul had some friends that they became sick so much because of the fact they were involved in carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were at that degree. They were at that degree. It's amazing. It's truly amazing what we'll find when we really get down in the book and let God speak to us. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 We just thank and praise God for your for your attention.